we're one minute late. All right, this again uh, is uh, one of those sikhas that we might not at first glance choose <laughs> to embrace, um, but, but stick with it. It's, uh, it's not impossibly difficult. I think that uh, part of what we have to do is get over our unfamiliarity with certain terms and um, certain expressions and looking at a, a Mishnah or a Gemara and, and look at the Shakavataria, but we got this. Um, we're learning Elishus of Rafua Shalema for Yesef Yitzchak Ben Sima Chasya, the Abisha should give him a Rafua Shalema Nisi. And it should be mamish now. Um, so the Rebbe tells us, this is uh, the second sicha, Parsha's boy. Um, so both sichas for this week through the project were longer sichas. Both of them uh, were uh, pilpul sichas. Um, the first one, <clears throat> which we're not doing, is about um, calculations having to do with, with the, you know, setting the month by the moon and so on and so forth. Fascinating, um, but not anything I thought I could do ev even close in, an, in 90 minutes. Um, and I think we really have to kind of try to keep it there. <laughs> um, also, this one had more of a hurrah at the end. And I think that as women, we, we really appreciate those hurrahs at the end. Um, so here we are with the, with the second sicha, uh, Sif Aleph. The Parsha saying in our Parsha, regarding the Korban Pesach that Hashem commanded to Meshar Beinu Ksiv, it says in our Parsha. And uh, if you want, you could take a look at Chomish, Pasuk Gimel, Perak Yudbez, Dabruel Koladas Israel, speak to the entire community of Israel, Lamar saying, and here the Rebbe brings down these words, the Esar Lachedish Hazer on the 10th day of this month, the Yikhu Lahem Ish Se Leves Avois. They shall take, each man shall take a lamb for his family, Se Leboyes a lamb for each household, okay? Then a little bit later in our Parsha, in the same Perek, this is in Pasuk Vav, Pasuk Yud Beis. The Torah says, You shall hold it in safekeeping, this, this, uh, this seth, this sheep, until the 14th day of this month, they shall slaughter it. Call Adas Yisrael, the entire community of Israel. When shall you slaughter it? Bein Harbayim in the afternoon. And then the Torah continues to say what you should do with the blood in Pasuk Zion. You should place it on the sides of the doorposts, on the lintel of the house. And in Pasuk Ches, the Rebbe brings down these words They shall eat the meat. During this night, sli ash shall be roasted over fire. Umatzis al mirayrim yochluhu. They shall eat it with matzis and bitter herbs. Those are the psukim from this week's parsha that the Rebbe stops on. Vehine harambam b'sefer hamitzvos 
Hachashivas mitzvahs, korban pesach, lebeis mitzvahs. In the Sefer HaMitzvahs, the Rambam reckons the mitzvah, the construct of the korban pesach for two separate mitzvahs, for two separate commandments. Ha'achas lishchoitzeh ha'pesach v'yoyim arba'asa b'nisam b'in harbayim. The first is to slaughter the Pesach, the, the lamb, the Paschal lamb, as it were, on the 14th day of Nisan in the afternoon. And he brings down, and the Rambam brings down that the Abishter said that we should slaughter this lamb, all, all of the nation of Israel should slaughter this lamb in the afternoon. And the second mitzvah that the Rambam brings down under the larger rubric of Karban Pesach is to eat, to actually eat the Paschal Lamb on the 15th day of Nisan with the exact um, um, conditions that, that the Torah delineates. Um, the Rambam says, and this is what the Abish just said in this week's parsha, you should eat the meat on that night. And if you look at this week's parsha, you'll see it tells you how to eat it and, and so on and so forth. And the Meforshim have a question on this. And the question is, Shahadvarin, that the way the Rambam divides this in two separate mitzvahs, seems to be diametrically opposed from the rule that the Rambam himself put forth for how he was going to reckon the mitzvahs in the, in the Sefer HaMitzvahs. And the Rambam wrote, so any time that the Chachamim set forth a rule concerning a mitzvah, and there, are, um, and there are clauses to this mitzvah, there are conditions to the mitzvah. And if two conditions of this mitzvah are interdependent, and the, the lack of fulfillment of one of these conditions makes impossible the fulfillment of the mitzvah by way of fulfilling the other condition. So in that case, in such a case where you have dimensions of the mitzvah, which are um, absolutely necessary for the fulfillment of the mitzvah, so that if you don't fulfill one of those conditions, you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah, then all of those conditions are considered part of one larger mitzvah. And likewise, and similarly, if the desired outcome of a particular mitzvah cannot be attained without one of the particular conditions, so too, it is also clear in that case that it's only by gathering all of the conditions together under the heading of one larger mitzvah, can you count the mitzvah in that way? Um, can I ask a favor of somebody to please, wait, hold on, let me see if somebody did already. Can, is there anybody that can um, post the link, please? If somebody can go to the project and um, 
post the link to the uh, Sicha in Lahak, in Lashon HaKodesh as well. Oh, okay. It's being posted. There it is. It's posted. Thank you. Okay. So the Rebbe says, how is it that the Rambam is reckoning the slaughter of the Korban Pesach and the eating of the Korban Pesach as two separate mitzvahs when he himself uh, says when he when he sets forth the axioms the the rules that he used for how he came to which mitzvahs make it in the list of 613 mitzvahs because we know that there are different listings and uh, different authorities came to their particular list using a particular methodology the Rambam shared his methodology with us and he explained first of all that when there are more than one components to a mitzvah each of which or ma'akev the mitzvah, meaning that the mitzvah is dependent on doing that aspect of it, then all of the components are counted as one. They're reckoned as one mitzvah. Furthermore, if you have a mitzvah and you can't, um, you can't arrive at the desired outcome without all the components, then again, all the components are reckoned as one mitzvah. So, here we have a question. And since the Rambam Paskins that without eating the Korban Pesach, you haven't um, fulfilled the mitzvah of Korban Pesach. And in the bracket, the Rebbe explains, the, the Rambam says, Nimnu Olaf, al Korban Pesach she'enu nechal so in order for you to fulfill, for, for to a person to have fulfilled the midst of carbon Pesach, people had to, um, let's say, reserve. They had to RSVP. They had to register to be part of a certain lamb. And they had to do this in advance. It wasn't like you could just drop by somebody's house and be like, oh, carbon Pesach, I'll join you. No, you had to pre-register. Now, what happens? What happens if others come after you have the original people? This is this happens with every simcha, right? There are people that make their reservation like four months in advance, and then there's the people that make the reservation four hours in advance, and everybody shows up at the same time, and you're supposed to be very gracious and make sure that they're sitting with their six closest friends, and so on and so forth. Okay, so what happens if? Um, the people that registered uh, registered later. So the ones who were originally registered for this, if they eat a kazayas, then they have fulfilled the mitzvah and they are absolved from having to worry about bringing the carbon Pesach on Pesach Sheni. But the later people who RSVP'd in the final hours, but at that point, there was no longer a Kazayis of the Karban Pesach for them. There wasn't There wasn't a Kazayis for each one of them. So they don't eat. And they have to, um, they have to do Pesach Sheni. So then this means, according to the Rambam's own psak, so it would seem from what the Rambam is explaining here that the slaughter of the lamb and the eating thereof is one mitzvah, the imkane. So why 
did the Rambam divide them into two mitzvahs? The Yisera Mizu, and even more, and even according to the other opinion that eating from the carbon Pesach is not an imperative clause of bringing the carbon Pesach. So you could still have fulfilled the mitzvah of bringing the carbon Pesach without eating from it. Even according to that, Deya, according to that sheet, according to that opinion, but still, forget about like legalistically. But if you if you sit back for a moment and you think about the mitzvah, it would seem that the goal of the mitzvah and the content of the mitzvah would not be fulfilled simply by slaughtering the mitzvah, the pesach, by 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 bringing the the carbon pesach, but is very much connected with eating it. Because the Mishnah says that to begin with, the Korban Pesach is offered for the purpose of eating it. And, be, and, and this underscores this idea that the two aspects seem to be soldered together. They're connected because we're taught that if you bring the carbon Pesach, if you slaughter the Pesach in a state of Tumma, you eat it in Tumma. So again, both aspects of this mitzvah seem to be part of a package deal. Because like Rashi explains, when we were commanded on the mitzvah of Pesach, the main aspect of that mitzvah was to eat the Pesach. The Lama Mitzvah And therefore, why would the Rambam not count them as one mitzvah? Why does he divide it into two? The Tirate Ravram ben Rambam. And famously, the Rambam had a son, Rebbe Avram, and uh, who, who left copious writings, including writings on his father's writings. And uh, Rabbi Avram ben, ben Arambam explains that his father did this. That the reason the Rambam divided into two mitzvahs is because the slaughter and the eating of the korban depend on two different times. There are two different times in which these two different aspects have to be done. The mitzvah of slaughtering the Paschal lamb is during the day, the 14th day of Nisan. Whereas the mitzvah of eating it is during the day on the 15th day of Nisan. And there's another aspect that differentiates between them. For the slaughter of the lamb, if a Jew did not fulfill this mitzvah, they were punished with but the eating thereof, if a person trespassed the mitzvah of eating from the carbon Pesach, like the other mitzvah say, this was not punishable with curries. So if you had a Jew who actually brought the carbon Pesach in the correct time, but did not eat of it on the 15th day of Nisan at night, he fulfilled, the halacha is that he fulfilled the mitzvah of slaughtering the lamb 
and he is absolved from the terrible punishment, God forbid, of Kharis, the Gam And not only that, but he doesn't have to bring a carbon and Pesach Sheni. So it seems that there's a lot of reason for this to have been reckoned as one mitzvah. And yet it wasn't. And so the uh, Rebbe Ram ben Rambam explains that the two possible reasons for why the Rambam did not reckon these two aspects as one mitzvah is number one, because each has a very particular time during which it has to be, uh, it has to be observed. The mitzvah has to be observed. The mitzvah has to be fulfilled. And second, because they have different legal um, parameters. The, the slaughter is, a, is a, if, you don't, if you don't slaughter, you're chayef kares, whereas if you don't eat, you're not chayef kares. So this points to um, not only a different time slot for each of these, but a different quality about the mitzvah itself. Beis. We're in Siv Beis, in Sicha Beis, on Parsha's boy, but still, still the Rebbe says it, it's not clear, it's not computing. If you go in accordance with what Avram, the son of the Rambam, is trying to explain to us, then what he's explaining in the main, what he's trying to tell us is that, practically speaking, the eating of the Pesach is not an aspect that, that negates the slaughter of the korban. Okay, right? Because he just said, because if you slaughtered it, but you didn't eat it, then you don't have to bring the korban on Pesach Sheni. So it means that while it is a clause in the larger mitzvah, it, it doesn't undermine the fulfillment of the mitzvah of slaughtering the Pesach. But still in all, we have enough reason based on so many sources to understand that eating the Pesach is essentially the goal of bringing the Pesach. And that's why the animal has to be an animal that one would eat. It has to be when you bring it. And the person has to be ready to eat it when you bring it. In other words, I was saying, even though legalistically we can parse the, the legalities thereof and see how the eating thereof doesn't, at the end, undermine the slaughter. But on the other hand, when you zoom out and you look at the concept of the carbon Pesach, it's clear that eating it is at the heart of bringing it. And therefore, and therefore, it should have been counted as one mitzvah by the Rambam. It should have been reckoned as one mitzvah. Like the Rambam himself writes, uh, where he writes the, the, the source, he, he, he kind of delineates all the axioms, the axiomatic ideas he used in coming to, to, to identify which mitzvahs make it on the list. And there he writes, that sometimes you have a mitzvah that has different components and they, they're not interdependent. One doesn't undermine the other, but still, 
And still, they will still be considered one mitzvah. So even according to the Rambam, who writes that even if the different aspects of the mitzvah are not ma'ake, they don't um, undermine the other parts, it could still be counted as one mitzvah. So in that case, what Rabbi Avram ben Rambam explained about why he's in two different mitzvahs, because they have different qualities about it. One is isakaris, one is not, et cetera, et cetera. It still doesn't help us understand or get into the Rambam's headspace as to why he presents this as one mitzvah. I, I'm sorry, as two different mitzvahs and not one mitzvah. And even his first argument that they're two different mitzvahs because there are different times for the two different mitzvahs, this too, ta'un bior, necessitates explanation. Why? We found other mitzvahs. For instance, exhibit A would be Kriya Shema Shal Shacharis Ba'arvis. That they too, their 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 um their details are also separated into different time slots. The mitzvah of Shema, there's a mitzvah to say Shema in the morning. There's a mitzvah to say Shema in the evening. So it's separated. And the Rambam counts Kriya Shema as one mitzvah. Even though, again, it would seem just like Rabbi Ram, Ben Rambam's uh, argument that the Shechita and the Achila of the Karvan Pesach are two different times. So the Rebbe says, so what about Shema? Also two separate times, morning and evening. And the Rambam reckons Kriya Shema as one mitzvah and not two. Gimel. The Yuvam Bahakdim. We will understand this by prefacing, and this is very often the style of the Sikha, that Rebbe asks questions, and then he, he prefaces the answer by asking more questions and, 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 and zooming out and teaching us additional aspects so we can understand the answer. So we'll understand this by prefacing an additional question regarding the mitzvah of Korban Pesach. The Korban Chatas Ksiv you should, um, I'm not sure if it's tishachet or tishchat hachatas. You should slaughter the korban chatas and the kayin that, that, you know, oversaw this korban will eat from it. And the Rambam does not reckon the eating of the carbon chattas as a separate mitzvah from the bringing of a carbon chattas. But rather, this is included in the larger mitzvah of eating from the other carbonis, the kachim. Shetiba kayanim lechel basar kachim, kalemar hachatas ba'ashem shem kachim. Every morning in Karbanais, we talk about the different the different Karbanis that were brought, the the Kachim, the Kachim Kalim, and the the Kaihanim ate from these Karbanis, and their eating was not reckoned as a separate mitzvah. It was included in the mitzvah of bringing the karma.
So if so, it's not understood. Why does the Rambam count this as a separate mitzvah in and of its own? In other words, we have an, on top of the question of why is eating the carbon Pesach a separate mitzvah from the Shechita, the slaughter of the carbon Pesach, we have an additional question, which is why is eating of this carbon reckoned as a mitzvah in and of itself and not, and not kind of integrated um, in the larger rubric of eating from the various carbonos, from the various kachim. Shareya Pesach bichlal kachim. Because Pesach, the carbon Pesach, is part of a larger category called kachim kalim. We actually, like I said, we say this every morning. We delineate the carbonos that fall in this category. One of them is a Pesach. So why would this eating of the carbon be so different from the other carbonites where the eating thereof is subsumed in the larger mitzvah of bringing the carbon. Babir Bazer, the Rebbe explains, the explanation is, The Rambam himself addresses this question if you look carefully at his very specific terminology, where the Rambam says, and this is a quote from the Rambam, and these words are underscored. That we are commanded to eat the carbon Pesach on the 15th day of the month of Nisan with the exact um, the exact, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, the, the, the exact. Conditions. Thank you. Exact conditions that are mentioned in the Torah. Among those conditions that should be dry roasted, that it should be eaten in one house, and it should be eaten in, a, in with matzahs and, and the maror. Just like the Torah tells us, it has to be eaten on that particular day with those very particular conditions. Kalimar, this is to say, because the Torah taught us a number of very specific conditions and parameters for this particular mitzvah of eating the Pesach, which is different from the korban chatas, where it says simply that the korban, the, the kayin that oversees the bringing of this chatas should eat from it, but it's without delineation of additional, uh, additional conditions. And in like fashion, the rest of the korbanos. And so the Rambam says, from the fact that there are all of these conditions that the Torah teaches must be fulfilled when you eat the carbon Pesach, it's clear that the Torah has set this apart as a mitzvah in and of itself. And the same is true with the Shechita. Also, very particular time, very particular way. The Rebbe says, in a little bit of a different style, 
to explain this. And in consonance with what Rabbi Avram tried to explain to us. Because the Shechita of Korban Pesach comes at a very specific time that has been ascertained for that, for that thing to be done. And the eating of the carbon Pesach comes with its very specific time frame that was told to us when we were um, commanded for the larger mitzvah with additional uh, conditions as well. Move on, it's understood. So it's understood from the way in which the Torah very, very specifically gives us the time frame and the details of fulfilling this mitzvah, both parts of the mitzvah, the slaughter thereof and the eating thereof, that you cannot compare this mitzvah to the other karbanis. You can't compare them to the to the to the to the to the eating of the other kachim. Because in those cases, the eating thereof is memela. It's like, yeah, okay, you're going to bring a carbon. So memela, you're going to eat from it. It's 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 it goes without saying, but it's not delineated separately. Just like with all the other carbonates, we also know other things about carbonates, that all carbonates have to be brought during the day, and so on and so forth. But in this case, the time frame is not general. It's very specific. It comes as a, as a parameter, as a very specific Clause in this mitzvah. I knew this means. Kashem shemitzah shchitas apesach in yanashiyesh lishchita carbon biyoyim arba asar binisam bein harbayim. Just like the shchita of the carbon pesach had to be done on the fourteenth day of Nisan in the afternoon. Very specific. Kach mitzvah achilas apesach inyan sivanu shaba toichen agudara. So too, when we were commanded to eat the carbon Pesach, and the commandment includes both the content of the mitzvah and the parameters for fulfilling the mitzvah, that this carbon had to be eaten at night of the 15th day of Nisan, and in fulfillment of the other conditions as spoken of earlier. And because the time frame for each one of these two, what we would think were sections of one larger mitzvah, are delineated so specifically, the Rambam reckons them not as two parts of one mitzvah, but as two specific mitzvahs each in their own right. Dalit. And now, we're moving further into an exploration of this mitzvah, deeper. And now the Rebbe says that when it comes to f- fulfilling your obligation of Pesach Sheni, 
in the thought process of the Rambam, Pesach Sheni is considered a mitzvah in and of itself, nifrad minarishain, separate and apart from the regular Pesach. Matzinu Rambam mechalik eshchitasoi ma'achilasoi umana mayna aysan kibayz mitzvah nifradis. Again, when it comes to Pesach Sheni, we find again that the Rambam reckons the slaughter of the Korban on Pesach Sheni as a separate mitzvah from the eating of the Korban. So this is to say that of the 630 mitzvahs, four are connected to Korban Pesach, two for the regular Pesach, and two for Pesach Sheni. And this too we can understand in accordance with what we've said earlier, the Korban Pesach Rishon. When we talked about the Korban Pesach Rishon, we said that when you eat it, it has to be eaten together with Matzis and Mara. And, and this is the content of the mitzvah that we were commanded to fulfill if we couldn't fulfill Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. But there's something that's not understood. Lama ein mitzvah achilas Pesach Sheni nechleles b'mitzvah achilas ha-Pesach b'leil chamesha asar b'nisa. Okay, fine. You have to eat it on matzah samara. So good. So why don't you reckon the eating of the Pesach on Pesach Rishon and the eating of the Pesach on Pesach Sheni as one mitzvah. They seem to be the same mitzvah. So why not reckon it as one mitzvah? And even though, yes, they are fulfilled at different times, one in Nisan and one in Iyar, but when it comes to the content of the mitzvah, it's the same. You have to eat the carbon pesach with matzah and marah. When? The night after you bring it. So it would seem to be an exact replica of the mitzvah of eating the carbon pesach, pesach rishon. And we would think, therefore, so yes, it's going to come in two different times, but it's essentially the same mitzvah. It's just that if you brought the karban on your dalad nisan, you have to eat it on tezvah benisan. But if you brought it on your dalad ear, so then you'll eat it and test above the ear. Why does the Rambam not reckon these two mitzvahs as one mitzvah? Why does he reckon them separately? El Habir Bazehu, the explanation is Afshin is barley il shashritas and pesach bachilasuk shores shte and bizman and hamiyuchad. Even though we explained above that the slaughter of the pesach and the eating of the pes of the carbon pesach come at very specific times that are different, mitzvahs, and it is this reason that they are divided into two mitzvahs. But still, in all, the Rebbe says there is a 
difference in what distinguishes them practically in terms of the time frame. Okay, so Hubbard says, let, let's review here. It's true that before, in accordance with the words of the Rambam's son, who explained that the reason why the Rambam records them as two myths and not one is because each one comes in a very, very specific time frame. But the Rebbe is now going to explain why we cannot adopt that same logic to the eating of the carbon Pesach Rishon and the carbon Pesach Sheni. Why can you not say that even though it's two different times, it could still be one mitzvah? He says it's different than what we explained above about the shechita being distinguished from the eating. Here, in both cases, it's eating. Okay, so it's eating in two different months, but it's essentially the same mitzvah, no? So he says like this, Yom Yudal Benisan, Hu Yom Shilchag, Rak Machmas Shechitas HaPesach. Okay. Says, he, the Rebbe says, let's go step by step. Let's go back a minute. Let's think. The day of Yudalad Nisan is considered a holiday, a sacred day, solely because it was the day when the Jews slaughtered the Paschal Lamb. But in and of itself, that day, Yudalad in Nisan, does not have any distinguishing factor. Masha came in contradistinction, Leil Hamisha Asa Benison, the evening of the 15th day of Nisan, Nivdal, Umiyuchad Gam, the Adraba Beikar, Kiyam Tevmitzad Atzmai. But the 15th day in the evening of Nisan is separated and consecrated in and of itself as a holiday. So even if there was no mitzvah to eat a karban at that time, it would still be a spectacularly distinguished day because it is the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And just like happened the first time, and one of the basic things that we learn constantly in Hasidus is that every Yom Tiv is not just a symbolic nod to something that happened, but rather it, it, that, that day is pregnant with a certain energy that saturates the world. And therefore, we can experience that. And just like it was the first time, Bavarti now, everything that happened that first night happens again. Like the Abish just said, I will pass over you in the land of Egypt on that night. I will smite every firstborn. I will pass over you. And it will be a special night of God watching over you to take you out of Egypt. And the Pasuk tells us that Hashem did all of this at night. And it is for this reason, 
because of how important and how distinguished this crevice in time is, that's why this is the time for the mitzvah of eating Achilles Pesach. So working backwards, if you have to eat the Pesach during that particular time, the Shechita has to be a day earlier. Okay, so to just review, in the case of what happens on Tesvav, the time is the distinguishing factor. The time is the paramount aspect. In the case of what happens on Yudalit, the act is the distinguishing factor. The act of Shrita makes that day special. Whereas on Tezvav, the day that is special becomes the perfect time to eat the carbon Pesach. But it was already special to begin with. And now the Rebbe circles back to Pesach Sheni. Once you understand what's happening in Pesach Rishon, we're in a position to understand about but Pesach Sheni in Advarim came. But when it comes to Pesach Sheni, it's not like this. The eating of the Karma Pesach on the 15th day of Iyar does not have anything to do with the Tesvav Be'ir being a special time. It's not Zman Shal Yom Tov or anything like that. It's simply pragmatic. The 15th day of Iyar is the day after the day that you brought the Karban, which is Yudalit Iyar. Therefore, while it seemed to be like it's simply a replica of the mitzvah of eating the carbon Pesach on Yudalit Benisan, except that you were too far or you were in a state of Tuma and therefore you had to bring it on, on Yudalit ear and therefore you ate it on Tesvapa ear. But the Rebbe is now illuminating for us that the mitzvahs are not at all the same. In the mitzvah of eating it on Tesvah Be'ir, you eat it then because you brought the carbon your dalit. But when you eat the carbon Pesach on Tesvah Benisan, what's singular about that experience is the nature of Tesvah Benisan. He be Pesach Rishon, he ne hazman atzmai kuprat v'chelek meha mitzvah. The time itself is a detail and is a part of the mitzvah. Whereas when it comes to Pesach Sheni, the fact that you eat it in Tesvav Be'ir is not really important to the essence of the mitzvah. It's just when you eat it because it's the day after you brought it. Okay. Hey. Once you understand the difference between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni, now you're in a position to understand yet another thing that Halacha discusses that is different between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni, and that is in reference to the recitation of Halel. 
Isa be Mishnah. A Mishnah teaches Sha'alaf Sha'echad Hachilukim bin Pesach Rishon le Pesach Sheni. One of the differences between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni who Harishon ton hala bachilasai, Bahasheni ain't a ton hala bachilasai, Avolze voze to unin hala basiasa. The Mishnah says that on Pesach Rishon you have to say halal when you eat a carbon Pesach. Pesach Sheni. You do not say Hallel when you eat the Karma Pesach. However, on both Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni, you say Hallel when you slaughter the Karbanais. Okay? So again, on Pesach Rishon, you say Hallel both by the slaughter of Karban Pesach and whilst you eat it. But differently, in, in Pesach Sheni, you say halal only when you slaughter the carbon, not when you eat it. And on these words, on this halacha that the Mishnah teaches, that during Pesach Rishon, you have to say halal when you eat the carbon Pesach. The Gemara teaches, from where do we learn this halacha? From where do we learn that you have to say halal when you're eating the carbon Pesach of Pesach Rishon? Amar Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan taught. Hashir yielachem kilet yiskadesh chad. Rabbi Yechanan brings down a puzzle from Yeshayahu. I'm listening. Somebody, uh, whoever whoever um, is not muted, can you kindly mute yourself? Thank you. Yechanan brings down a, a, a pasuk from Yeshayahu that says, Hashir When a holiday is consecrated, there should be a song to you. This is understood as a reference to Hallel. And Rabbi Yechanan teaches, When there's a night that is consecrated as a holiday, then you need to say Hallel. But a night that is not consecrated as a holiday does not necessitate the recitation of Hallel. And then later on in the same Gemara, Isa, it's, it's taught. And regarding the fact that you have to say Hallel both when you slaughter the, on Pesach Rishon and when you slaughter on Pesach Sheni. So how do you, how do you understand that? In conformity with this pasuk, kilel hiskadeshchag. So the Gemara says, "Mai taima." What's the reason? What's the reason for diverting from the rule in this pasuk that was brought down by Rabbi Yechanan? So the Gemara answers, "Ibais ima." If you want, you can say. Meaning, one answer is, "Laila kamemait yom la loy kamemait." That in this rule of saying halal only when a holiday is consecrated, so nights are excluded, but not days. That's one answer. Ibais ema, or another answer, or you could say, or you, if you want to say, you could say, Efsha Yisrael Shaychatin as Pschehen v'Neitlin as Lulavehen ve'Ein Aimim Halal. Can you imagine such a scenario? where the Jews are slaughtering their carbon Pesach, or they are taking the four kinds and they don't say halal? Rhetorical question. 
Okay, so these are the two reasons to explain why you would say halal when you slaughter even the carbon pesach sheni, even though you do it on a night that's not kalil iskadesh chag. It's not a night that's consecrated as a holiday. And from the way the Gemara asks this question on the words necessitate the recitation of Hallel when they are shechted, this is the words of the Gemara on both Karbam Pesach, Rishain and Karbam Pesach, Sheni, that they necessitate the recitation of Hallel, both of them when they're being slaughtered. My time the Gemara asks why, what is the reason? But the Gemara does not say, does not use the terminology, from where do we learn this? Like the Gemara uses that terminology in the first place when it asks why you need to have halal when you eat the carbon Pesach on Pesach proper. And in addition, and then from the answer that the Gemara gives that the, this Pasuk does exclude night, but not days. It proves that the real intention of this whole discussion in the Gemara Levair is to explain very, very often the Gemara is very, very um, focused on finding a proof text, a citation to bolster a statement that it makes. But the Rebbe says from the terminology used here, we see that that's not what's preoccupying the Gemara. But rather, but rather, what the Gemara is really trying to understand is what's the difference between the slaughter of the Karban on Pesach Sheini and the eating thereof. By the slaughter, you do have to say Halal, and by the eating, you don't. And what is the distinction? That's what the Gemara is fixated on here. We have to understand, Aleph, in fact, why didn't the Gemara ask from where do we learn this? Or something like that. In fact, why is the Gemara not concerned with a proof text for the halacha that you need to say halal when you slaughter? both of these sacrifices, both the Pesach Rishon and the Pesach Sheni. Just like the Gemara asked when it gave the Halacha that you have to say Halal when you eat the carbon Pesach during Pesach Rishon. In other words, why the distinction? Why in one Halacha is the Gemara asking, prove it, what's your proof text? And in the second, it doesn't ask. And the second question is, since the question that bothers the Gemara seems to be the distinction between when you eat it as opposed to when you shecht it, when you shecht it, you do have to say halal when you eat it, you don't. In Cain, 
If so, mahu hamayna betiras hagemar hasheni efsha yisrael shechet in his besvein ve'ein imim halal. So how does the Gemara answer that question by saying, is it possible for the Jews to slaughter a carbon Pesach and not say Hallel? Question mark, exclamation point, rhetorical question. It would seem that in asking this question, it's really not answering the question, the original question, which is what's the difference between the Shechita and the eating? If not for the fact that the halacha says that you don't have to say halal when you eat it, we could have used the very same logic. We could have said, is it possible for the Jews to eat Korban Pesach and not say halal? Question mark, exclamation point. So the Gemara is kind of throwing out a rhetorical question in answer to a question. It asks very Jewish to answer a question with a question, but, but where's the answer? So in Vav, the Rebbe says, the explanation is, from the Pasuk that was brought down by the Gemara, that the song shall be to you, the song being Hallel, on a night that is consecrated as a holiday, Lamanu, we learnt, we learnt not only that a night that is not consecrated for a holiday doesn't need halal. But we actually learnt the essential parameters of the obligation of halal when you eat the carbon pesach. What did we learn? What this pasuk actually illuminated for us is that you say halal not essentially because you're eating the carbon pesach, but rather you say halal because you're eating it on a day that was con- a night that was consecrated for holiday. Zman it's about the fact that it's a time of redemption and miracles and leave-taking of constraint and constriction. And that's why you have to say halal. This is to say, because the eating of the Paschal lamb on the 15th of Nisan was connected in real time to the geula and to the miracles of that night. And for that reason, that was the time set for eating the Pesach. And so for all time, the eating is connected with this particular mitzvah of that time, and therefore you say halal when you eat the Pesach. It's not the eating that calls forth the halal, it's the timing. And this answers our question when it comes to Pesach Shemi. 
because Pesach Sheni was not consecrated as a holiday, because the 15th of year was not a time of miracles. And therefore that day does not carry with it the content of holy day. And therefore, when it comes to eating the Karban Pesach, it does not necessitate the recitation of Hala. Because the eating in and of itself is not enough of a reason for saying Hala. After the Gemara explains this, and in, in connection to what was said above, now the Gemara asks the question on what comes next in the Mishnah. And those are the words, both the carbon Pesach of Pesach Rishen and the carbon Pesach of Pesach Sheni necessitate the recitation of Hallel during the slaughter. My time. The Gemara asks why. Mahu tam achiluk ben shchitas hapesach shetuuna halal la achilasa sheena tuuna halal. What is the difference, in fact, between the slaughter of the carbon pesach that necessitates halal and the eating thereof that does not? V'lama loytehi shchitas ekachilasa. Why should we not say the same thing about the shchita that we say about the eating? We say about the eating that it's not taking place during a time that is a holy day, and therefore you don't say halal. So what is holy about your Dalit Iyar? Why should you say halal when you slaughter the sacrifice on your Dalit Iyar? She'ela ha-gemara e'na mahatam she'shkita b'chlal tu'una halal. The Gemara's question is not, Generally, why does Shrita necessitate Hala? Because this Mishnah is not the place for that kind of question. That kind of question belongs to the Mishnah above in Psachim, where it delineates uh, the laws of saying Halal when you bring certain karbanis. This is all discussed. This should have been discussed by Mishnah Hashnuriel. That one that's cited above, the Mishnah Zoo, but in our Mishnah, Nimnim Rak Prati Hadinim Shebehem Chalukim Pesach Rishon or Pesach Sheni. Our Mishnah is actually only concerned with the differences between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. And so, in talking about how they differ, this Mishnah also discusses how they are the same. How are they the same? But you have to say halal when you slaughter them both. And so now the Gemara asks, what's the reason? Not what's the reason that you have to say halal when you slaughter a carbon, but what's the reason that this should be different from the fact that you don't say halal when you eat this particular carbon? And the Gemara explains that the parameter of saying halal when you shecht is completely different from the parameter of saying halal when you eat. 
Hatirutz Harishon, who the first reason for the difference is Laila Kamemait Yom Loi Kamemait Hainu. What 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 does the what does the Gemara mean to say when it says that the night is excluded by this rule, but the day is not? Shamiras Halal Belaila He Mitzad Hatam Deskadesh Chag Belachain Mema Tinan Laila De Pesach Sheni. That according to the first reason, when do you say Halal? When it's a night that's Hiskadish Chag, when it's a time that is consecrated by a holiday. Therefore, you would have excluded the night of Pesach Sheni. But saying halal during the day is not connected to the time itself. And therefore, it's not connected to this rule. It's not mitigated by this rule. The first reason underscores the difference of saying halal during the day when you bring the carbon from saying halal at night when you eat the carbon. Okay? That first rule about saying halal only when it's a consecrated time doesn't apply to daytime. And that's when the carbon Pesach Sheni was slaughtered. And so the fact that you say halal during the day is not, it's not included in this clause of only saying halal at night if it's a consecrated time. So therefore there's no difference between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. They don't have to conform to this clause of only saying halal on a night that is a consecrated holiday. Hatir is Hasheni, but according to the second reason, which was Efsha Yisrael Shaykhat in his Pisrein Bein Oimim Halel, is it possible for the Jew to slaughter the carbon Pesach and not say Halel? This second reason, Madrish is a Tam Damirase Biyoim, Shamiras Halel Biyoim, Himitach Kitas Ha Pesach, Efsha Yisrael Shaykhat in Bein Oimim. In other words, the first reason focuses on the time element. The second reason focuses on the action element. Is it possible for the Jews to slaughter a korban Pesach and not say halal? And so we understand from that second reason that of course you would have to say halal on when you slaughter the Pesach Sheni, just like the Pesach Rishon. Masha came, but in contradistinction, Amiras Hahalo Bachilas Pesach Rishon, Ashera Achilakishlaatzma, Ena Maspekas Lazer, Kanal, Elahimitam is Kadish Chag. But when you look at the eating of the Korban Pesach during Pesach Rishon, the eating itself, the action itself, would not be enough to call forth the necessity to say Halal. But it's the time element there that necessitates saying halal. Hiskadish chag. It's the consecration of a holiday. It's the timing. And that's why there's no place to say halal on Tezvav Be'ir. 
because it's not a holy time. It's not a consecrated time. And the Rebbe says, and take note of what the difference is between these two reasons that the Gemara gave us for why you would say Hallel when you slaughter both Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni, but you don't say Hallel when you eat the Pesach Sheni. Because as we said, saying Hallel when you shecht the first Pesach Rishon is connected to time. Time is the paramount aspect. And also the eating has to do with the time. But except that when the eating has man gufa hosiba, the eat, the timing itself becomes the paramount reason for saying kala. Whereas the slaughtering is what creates the fact that Yudalid Benisan is a holiday. So according to the first reason, it's all about time. We're focusing on time. The eating necessitates halal because it was already a very holy time. It was the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And the shechita necessitates halal because the shechita, the very act of slaughtering the Korban Pesach, created that this time was consecrated. But in accordance with the second Answer or explanation that the Gemara gives us. According to the second explanation, what we're focusing on is the action, the shechita, the slaughter of the Pesach. Is it possible for Bnei Yisrael to shech the Karim Pesach and not say hello? In any case, according to both of these reasons, it's understood. According to both explanations, it's clear that it's not the time that calls forth the imperative to say halal. It's the action. But it's the action of Shechita. So once we understand that in Pesach Rishon, it's not about the time, it's about the action, then you understand why there's no difference between Pesach Sheni and Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. Whereas when it comes to the eating, the main thing was the time. So yes, you need Halel when you eat the carbon Pesach of Pesach Rishon, because that is the time that is saturated with a certain energy. But that's not true on Tesvav Be'ir. It's not true a month later. So after the Rebbe explains this, the whole Shakla Bertaya in Nigla, now the Rebbe is going to explain this Be'primius Ha'inyanim, Al-Pir Chasidus. Si'if Ches, Habir Bechol Anal Be'primius Ha'inyanim. So what's the explanation on the deeper level? Yetzias Mitzrayim Yetzias Mitzrayim is one of the most basic and essential junctions 
in the history, in the life of Am Yisrael. It's not just another historic happening. It's, it's absolutely axiomatic. Why? Because Because Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim is the beginning. It is the birth of us as a nation. It is the time that we were transformed from being servants to Pari to becoming servants of Hashem. Like it says, They are my servants. I took them out of Egypt. And once we understand that the carbon Pesach is a preface and a preparation for the general idea of leaving Mitzrayim, Hashem, it is preparation to becoming the servants of Hashem. Move on, Shagam, call Yanim so once we understand the significance of the Korban Pesach, that it is the preface and the preparation for us becoming a nation of the servants of Hashem, we understand that all of the details carry tremendous weight. They're not just details. Every one of these details is, is a klal it's, 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 it's a rule unto itself. It's 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 a it, there's a there's something big in each one of these de- details. And that is the reason why it's dafka in in connection with the mitzvah of carbon pesach that we find so many details. How you should prepare it, how you should eat it, not just timing, but how you should be dressed, what else should be on the menu, etc. etc. We don't find this by any of the other kabbanis. This underscores the importance, the specific and special importance of all of the details of the carbon pesach. And we might say that this is the reason in Pneumius and Yonim, and according to Hasidus, in the deeper understanding for why the bringing of the carbon Pesach, the, the slaughter, and the eating thereof are reckoned as two different mitzvahs. Because each one of them separately, the slaughter of the carbon Pesach and the eating of the carbon Pesach, they are both in and of themselves axiomatic in preparing for Yetzirah Mitzrayim. They're not just details of something larger, but each one it's its own thing. Tess. And that's why we find that it's only in relation to the carbon Pesach that those who were impure, they were Tmeim Lenefesh, they had become ritually impure, came with a complaint and they said, 
why should we lose out? Why should we be diminished in not being able to bring a carbon? They did this, although there is an overarching rule when it comes to carbones that when the time passes, the carbon is, is no longer. In other words, either you bring it in the right time or there's nothing to talk about. That is the general rule when it comes to carbones. But the whole idea of Karban Pesach is different. Why? Because Because if a Jew loses out on bringing a different kind of Karban, all right, so he, so he lost, he lost something, he lost a detail. But the Korban Pesach is not a pedestrian Korban. It's a Korban through which the transformation from being servants to Pare, to being servants of Hashem, occurs. It's not possible for something that huge, that general, that axiomatic, <coughs> <coughs> to be missing by any one of B'nai Yisrael. This is not to say that every other carbon is not important. Of course it is. Every, every mitzvah is hugely important. How important? Well, how important is the mitzvah? How important is Hashem? How big is Hashem? That's how big and that's how important every mitzvah is. But still, in the life of a Jew, it's a prat, it's a detail. Whereas the carbon Pesach is a kalal. It's It's global. It's all about becoming an Ever Hashem, becoming part of B'nai Yisrael. So how can any Jew be missing in this, in this overture, in this transformation? That is the reason that the Torah gave the opportunity for every Jew to fix this, as it were, to... Um, to fulfill this with Pesach Sheni, the Yeser and even more. This is so important that creating this rubric of Pesach Sheni was specifically for individuals. It wasn't for the entirety of B'nai Yisrael. Like Chazal taught us in Psachim, Ish nitchele Pesach Sheni, ve'ein tzibur nitchele Pesach Sheni. Only an individual can fulfill their obligation in the Karban Pesach through Pesach Sheni. But the tzibur, but the congregation, the community entire can't. Ki tzibur, because when it comes to the tzibur, when it comes to the entire community, shame tmei emes. Let's say there would be such a thing that all of B'nai Yisrael would be tmei mason. They all became ritually impure through some type of happening. Einam skukim l'pesach sheni. Then this would not necessitate that they bring the Karman Pesach on Pesach sheni. Shehim makrivim is Karman HaPesach b'rishen. Because when everybody is in a state of tumah, then everybody brings the carbon Pesach on Pesach Rishen. However, when it comes to the individual, but in order 
that this Indian of Karman Pesach shouldn't be missing by even one individual. One individual should not be able to be that if an individual couldn't bring a carbon Pesach on Pesach Rishon, you could bring in a Pesach Sheni. Yachad im kol seidra v'yidukahanim levim v'chule hakaruch azeh. And it's with all the pomp and circumstance. It's with the kahanim and the levim and everything that happened by the carbon Pesach on Pesach Rishon happened also by the carbon Pesach Sheni. Not a small thing. Ad shemizelamanu. And this is so anomalous, and this is so important that we learn from this construct called Pesach Sheni, we learn a most important lesson for all Jews for all times. And that is the lesson as says, Nita Kim Farfal, Menken Alamol Farichtin. There is no such thing as lost case. One can always fix things. One can always redress wrong. There is no thing that, that is missing redressing. You can always fix things. So Based on this, we can explain on a deeper level. And now we're in a position where we can understand why on Pesach Sheni you can redress the actual slaughter and the eating, but you can't redress, you cannot fill in that one missing blank of saying halal while you eat the carbon Pesach on Pesach Sheni. Why? Ki rak ha-kravas ha-Pesach v'achilasai heim inyonim kloliim v'hachana liyais avdei Hashem. Because it's only the slaughter of the carbon Pesach and the eating thereof that is most generally necessary as a preface and a preparation for becoming a servant of Hashem. But that doesn't go for the recitation of halal while you eat the carbon. To explain. As a preparation for becoming Avdi Hashem, there were two necessary components. Aleph Hashkita. First, there had to be the slaughter. Metaphorically, what does this mean? Hashlachas ha'vedazara shel mitzrayim ve'ima ha'avdus lepari. They had to, with this slaughtering, it was really the act of casting away the ha'vedazara of mitzrayim and with it, their subjugation to pari. Because we know that one of the deities in Mitzrayim was, was the sheep. So by slaughtering it, it was the act of distancing ourselves completely, casting away the desire of Mitzrayim at Pari. 
And this can only be achieved through devotion to Hashem, that called forth level of Mesiris Nefesh, which is the whole idea. This was the whole idea that Hashem said to B'nai Yisrael, you have to take this sheep, you have to tie it to your bedpost for four days, you have to do this publicly, you have to show the Egyptians that you're taking their deity and you are going to slaughter it as a sacrifice to your God. That was step one. And then step two, in the transformation of becoming Avdei Hashem, Achilas Korban Pesach. Then you have to eat it. Hainu, what does it mean to eat it? That this Mesiras Nefesh, this, this level of devotion, has to become part of your blood and your flesh. It has to become integrated in your psyche. You have to eat it. It has to become you. Your entire entity has to be suffused and pervaded and filled with this mysterious nefesh. The gam ad and it has to pervade every aspect of life, even eating. In all of the physical, material, corporeal aspects of a Jew have to be suffused with this level of mysterious nefesh for God, this devotion to Hashem. And because the slaughter and the bringing close this korban and the eating thereof with all of the particular tnayim, with all the particular conditions, these are general things. And therefore there is, and there had to be an opportunity to redress these aspects that were not done. But in contradistinction, the recitation of Hallel, when you eat the carbon Pesach, as explained at length above, it's not something that is actually so much connected to the act of eating. The act of reciting the hallel was connected with the timing more than the action. And the timing, it was the timing that affected the need to say hallel when you ate the carbon. And that's, but that's not something that is a general and imperative necessity to become the Ever of Hashem, and therefore there was no absolute imperative to redress this, to be mashlim saying the Hala. on the other hand, but the Hala that was said when you shechted the animal, that was something that came from the action itself, from the slaughter itself, and it's actually an aspect, it's part and parcel of the of slaughtering, 
And therefore, it is always an aspect of the general Avodah of, of Pesach, where forever there would always be the need and the possibility to fix something that was missing. So I recognize that um, this may not have been the easiest sicha for us to learn. I want to remind us all that every time we do a sicha like this, we are stretching our abilities. Uh, we're exercising new muscles. And we are connecting ourselves to our Rebbe's not because, oh, it's so gishmak, but because this is the Rebbe's and, um, and it also, of course, uh, allows us to um, taste a little bit of, of the depth and the width and the breadth of the Rebbe's Torah that encapsulated every, every aspect of Torah. Um, so I hope that everybody has a wonderful day. I just have a question. Yeah, before that, I just want to say one thing that I almost forgot, um, that... Uh, of course, I should have started with this, so forgive me, please. Um, I want to wish everybody a good chedesh and um, easy hachanas to Yudshvat. And on that note, I want to um, just let everybody know that Project Lekutei Sichas is going to be running a match campaign uh, shortly. And... Um, we have a team called Mondays at 10 a.m. And I'm hoping that everybody can do that part so that together we can reach our goal of $2,500, which is the lowest goal that the project is setting for any of their teams. Um, and this has to be a something we do all together. And I know that everybody has so many different uh, causes and things we have to take care of monetarily. Um, but I think we can all agree that this is something special for us, Mondays at 10 a.m. So hopefully we can hit up some people that might be able to give towards that team. So please look for the team called Mondays at 10 a.m. when the project goes live. And, um, and wishing a very good chaydish and good days as we come to Yitzvat. Joni. Um, I might have missed something in the whole set because it was long and had to concentrate a lot. But Pesach Shani was only given because the Jews asked for it. It's, it, it was a Pesach and the, and the Korban Pesach, it comes from God. Pesach Sheni does not. That, that's exactly it. That why was it given? In other words, why, why did the Jews come and say, Lamanigara? Why didn't they say that about other Karbanas? There were other Karbanas. By definition, life includes death which means that by definition, at any given time, there were people who were in a state of Tumah, which means that by definition, there were always Jews who missed out on bringing a certain korban. There are korbanas associated with so many different holidays and so on and so forth. Not like this one. That's exactly what you said. Not, this was the redemption of the Jewish. Right, 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 right. So, so that's the point. That's why this anomalous a construct what, what was was ratified by Hashem, and and Hasidus even explains that Dafka the Ebrisha wanted the Jews to feel this and to ask, and that's why it's not something that the Ebrisha gave to begin with. 
The Abishta wanted to call out this, this yearning to connect to him in this way. But not, not everything that, you know, just like not everything your children ask for, they always get. Not everything that Jews would ask for at any given time they would get. This they got because this is so different from any other. But it's not a time to say hello. Why should it not be a time to say hello? Because it's it, the, the whole the whole construct, the whole reason of the Korban Pesach was the redemption of the Jews. This was because they couldn't do it because for whatever their reasons, not it's completely different, completely. Yes, they asked for it. Yes, they missed it. Yes, they were impure, all of that. But it, it, you can, it, it's not the same. They could never, it's not a time to say hello. Can I say something, Rifki? Yeah, please, Esther, please say something. Those are the smartest things to say. No, no. I think this is remarkable because they internalized immediately the message. They internalized the message of connectivity, of connection and relationship to the Eberster. Till now, the Eberster was giving us. Now they said, wait a minute. We're doing your mitzvah, and in doing your mitzvah, we lose out in something that is so, so in, in, in our relationship. We want to do this for you. Maybe not Hallel, maybe not. It doesn't matter. It's in the deepest and the lowest level of not saying Hallel, you still get to have that connectivity. It's amazing. It's like not you're not going out on a date. You're doing it, feeding, eating breakfast. I don't know. I to me, it's it's the this actually shows the. It's like you learn Tanya, and then you see someone who's not from the Pintaliyid, the dedication, and now you see it in action. So actually, the Pesach Sheni makes it in a way higher because in this talking farfalm, we learn a lesson on not our level where we make mistakes and you still can correct it. When somebody wrongs you and you still can correct it, where by God, that doesn't apply. I don't know, that's the way, I don't know, this talks to me big time. So Thank that's you. the way I see it. You, anyway. you, you always have a way of concretizing it and, and uh, explaining it in, in psychological terms that, that are helpful to all of us. Um, just to piggyback on something that Esther said, I was thinking about this a lot, that um, when do you say halal? You say halal by the shechita, but you don't say halal by the achila. Because the reason why you say halal by the first achila is because the time is holy. It's not what you're doing, it's the time. And to me, and I haven't thought this out properly yet, but to me, it underscores this whole idea that, you know, it's not about how you're feeling. It's about, it's about things that are higher than you. You know, like the difference between spirituality and godliness. It's not about how you're feeling. It's about, you say Hallel when when the time calls for halal or the action calls for halal, but not when you're feeling all giddy and excited and enjoying the meal, let's say. I don't know, it was just something I was thinking about. Yeah, I, I agree with you, yes. And that's what makes it so special that 
because that's really the purpose of, of, of being on this earth is in the lowest of the low, not when we're always rejoicing when the when it's a date, when it's an anniversary, when it's 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 just breakfast. <laughs> not about us. Not about us. Can I can can I can I suggest maybe something else to keep in mind here? Please. Um, I'm thinking about the whole the Indian of Pesach Sheni and the you know, we're talking about not saying hallowed, but it, it calls to mind, for, for me anyway, with um, the last days of Pesach, when we don't say Shechianu, when we bench licht, and, you know, Kiddush, there's no Shechianu on the last days of Pesach. So there's a story with the Rebetzin, and apparently I think it happened with previous generations also, but but the Rebetzin, it came out in a very dramatic way when she was a child. And uh, somebody else was saying, we don't say Pesach, we don't say Shekhinu, because we don't say Shekhinu. You know, there's no, it's not a separate yantif. And she was bringing out the idea that now we don't say Shekhinu. But that since the last days of Pesach um, represent uh, when Mashiach comes, in other words, the Shekhinu was still waiting to happen. We don't say Shechianu now because we're still missing something of the last days of Pesach. It's not completely fulfilled. And maybe there's something with the Nishtakin Farfaun that our Tkufa right now, is, we're kind of like in the position of, of the, the, the Yidden who asked for Pesach Sheni. It's a mitzvah in the Torah. The Ebishter had it in mind the whole time. He didn't give it until it was asked for, similar to B'nai Tzlavchad. And that maybe what's being asked of us now is not that Ebishter gives us a mitzvah and we do it, that's wonderful. But what we're looking at now is like with, with uh, the last days of Pesach. We don't say Shechianu now because it, it didn't happen yet. But, but that this should bring out by us the passionate desire, like the haste that we're not saying Shechianu yet on the last days of Pesach. That should be happening. Anyway. Just so beautiful. Thank you. Maybe you should help us. That you, the hollow that has to be said today should be the hollow that's already connected to the hollow that we're waiting to say on the second Amen. day. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It should be a complete hollow and in, in, in every every in every dimension, in every understanding of that term. Amen. Thank you. Amen. And I suggest that anybody who wants to say something, not preface with can I suggest or can I say? This is all of our time together here. It's a Fabrengen. And, and uh, it's, it's very, very special. Thank you all, my dear sisters. Anybody Thank else want to share Thank something? I have, a, I have a long shechta to share, but I'm, it's not for here. Maybe I'll write it out and, and share it. But, uh, oh, it oh, please do. It has to do. No, it's not. It's not. It's not to me. It's someone else who. I'll tell you. She's this woman got divorced, and she met this guy who is like heaven on earth. He's everything you could ask for. He is not from. And she now has to make a choice between living alone and letting this guy go because he can't. She, and I'm I'm listening to this sicha, and I'm I'm realizing that that she has to decide like 
the difference between being spiritual and being godly. She's not, she's not the most like beautiful person, but her pitilian screaming like. Well, it's, it's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Tony, did we lose you? No, you didn't lose me. Someone else is on. It just, it just, it's amazing that that God would put this in front of her. Like I just, she had a terrible marriage for forty years. She's finally free. She's finally unshackled, and then she meets this guy, and he's not, and he doesn't want to be firm. He's no no desire, and he's like pushing her to do things that she's so uncomfortable with. And I finally said to her, like, you just, you have to be you. You can't settle. You can't, you're a Jew. You, you, it's like, you have to be godly. You have to, it's, it's not good enough that your heart feels that it's, you know, oh, I feel spiritual. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. But the test that, that she's going through, it's just, it's like. Uh, That's heartbreaking. It's well, heartbreaking. In the end, she, in the end, I said to her, "You're going to meet somebody that is just as nice and is from." Amen, amen, amen. Be able to say her personal halal. Somebody's yeah. asking, "How do I donate to the campaign?" So when the campaign goes live, don't you worry. <laughs> uh, you'll hear about it, and there'll be all kinds of links. I do not know that their website is live yet, but <laughs> you worry, there'll be opportunities. I'm hoping somebody from this group will take care of the social. Um, media part because I certainly don't know what to do with that but um, but there'll be links on web, websites and uh, etc we'll all be able to contribute okay a good year a good Chaydish a good Gebenst year Amen Amen